Hello and welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I'm your host, Len from Miami, and with me is the Savage, the Smelly, Logar, the Barbarian. How are you, Logar? I'm all right, but someone tried to make me take a bath today. <laughs> it was horrifying. I'm, I'm glad you dodged that bullet, Logar. So, Logar, what, 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 what are we doing here? What are we talking about? Apparently, we're going to talk a little more about fifth edition or third edition or modern D&D in the genre discussion. That's right. We're talking about genres and about like D&D is a particular kind of medieval fantasy. And it's so much its own thing. It really is its own genre. It's this sort of modern, contemporary, cosmopolitan fantasy where you could be an orc or an ogre or a human or an elf or a halfling. And there's, you know, all this essential. Essentialism has been removed, so it's really who you are is who you are. Anyway, so I'm going to say, like, like I think we talked, we're more than just, like, we're not just focusing on 5th edition, but, like, we also said a lot of 3rd edition, Pathfinder, the newer editions of D&D, where there's, like, it's it's a different style of fantasy than, like, when we were playing AD&D. Maybe some of the AD&D second edition may have worked its way in there, but we'll talk about that when we get to that. Um, one thing that I think is specifically different about this as a fantasy genre that I've noticed comes out of what people started calling splat books, whereas third edition, Paizo's Pathfinder started putting out lots of books with lots of different character options the amounts of races expanded. And I don't know much about Ebron, but I think we touched on that before, how Ebron starts having like uh, robots and stuff like that in it. So it very much starts breaking away from the styles of fantasy that a lot of us knew that were playing old AD&D or basic or BX or original D&D. It doesn't really seem like the same style. Now, I'm going to go back to the old style of D&D and I'm going to point out one similarity that makes a glaring difference. When you get to the old style of AD&D, you kind of get a mishmash of different forms of popular fantasy. You've got all these Tolkien things thrown in there. You start getting like Conan, Howard, uh, Howard-esque type and all these Pulp Fiction things thrown in there. They kind of take all these different forms of popular fantasy and throw it in there. And it's a giant, a giant, what's the word I'm looking for? A giant toolbox, right? Well, since like 1974, there's been a lot more books written. There's been new forms of media that's emerged. A lot of them are forms of fantasy media. You've got anime as a popular thing in society that people look to. You've got video games. You've got much better special effects in films and different types of films and the novels, the novels and comic books that have come out. Like there's a wide array of things and a lot of that stuff. People want to start playing that fantasy. So like before, when you had all the different forms of popular pulp fantasy and Tolkien and everything thrown together, D&D is still throwing everything in there fantasy wise, but there's a wider array of fantasy. I think that's absolutely correct. I think that's absolutely correct. I think, I mean, the transition between sort of whatever genre you want to call old D&D, right? When you call that maybe medieval, maybe you call old D&D medieval fantasy and you call new D&D, let's call it 3.0 on, 
we call that genre D&D, which is sort of like medieval fantasy, but, but different. More modern sensibilities, more modern approach to things. And it's exactly like you say, after a whole bunch of stuff has already come out, a whole bunch of, there seems to be a tendency that we love to turn bad guys into good guys. Look at all the villains in comic books that once they become popular enough, they then become good guys, right? Even Wolverine started as a bad guy, although he was always intended to be a good guy. That's a different conversation. Well, side that. note, before I sold that comic collection, I had Hulk 181. I bought, um, it, I bought yeah. it for 20 bucks when I was young. <laughs> I wish I still had my comic collection. Anyways, go on. <laughs> my, my poor heart. I, I can't wait till we talk about the superhero genre, but that's neither here nor there. But oh, we'll get there. Wait, eventually. wait, wait. We'll get there eventually. I, I mean, I could probably launch. I could probably launch another podcast if we wanted to go there. <laughs> I like my comic books. <laughs> um, so, well, so like we we're saying, so D and D evolves right over time. We start liking the bad guys, and we've always liked bad guys, and want to bring the bad guys in on the good guys. Worf was a Klingon. They were bad guys in old Star Trek, but now a new Star Trek, Worf was one of the signature characters. Drizzt Duerden was a dark elf that Bob Salvatore makes up, apparently, from what I heard, on the spot, on phone call. But he's a bad guy because the dark elves used to be, or the drow used to be dark elves. And now everybody can be a dark elf. And it's so this, and aside that, obviously, society shifts in terms of how it likes to approach maybe what it thinks or what the larger conversation is about painting all of one particular group a certain way and how it's bleeding over into other things and how maybe we do or don't want that in our in our fantasy so but but before that the old dnd you're sort of stuck with the more traditional forms that 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 gave rise to it while gary gygax may have said that he didn't really like tolkien and tolkien had very little influence on his stuff I will go to my grave believing that that's not true. And he was saying that because he needed to never say anything that could give the opponent, the enemy lawyers <laughs> ammunition. Hey, so, yeah, that, that here's the thing. I am not that big of a Tolkien fan. Sinner. And I, I have, I have, I read Tolkien early. My mother was into Tolkien. She gave me, she gave, I read her copies growing up. I like the cartoon we watched. She was like, hey, look at this, you know, Tolkien and, and, and stuff like that I, was definitely part of my childhood. By the time I, I you know, got into d and I'm not that into Tolkien. I kind of hate like I'm definitely like, hey, let's play a game where the, the dwarves and elves aren't allowed. <laughs> I don't need halflings, dwarves and elves. That's what I loved about Astonishing Sorcerers and Sorcerers of Hyperborea. Not a fan of dwarves, elves and halflings. <laughs> Very Tolkien. Anyways, go on. <laughs> Conan, same thing. Yeah. On Conan world, right? Conan, huge influence uh, on on D and D, and there it's all humanocentric, completely. Then there's Jack Vance, and I have to admit, I haven't read Jack Vance, so I can't speak to that. Well, I have read Jack Vance. I've read I read The Dying Earth, and I've said this a few times. I think I said this a few times on the show. I didn't know what was going on. Like I was <laughs> very confused by it. Like I got, like I got what was going on through most of it. I like, I, I don't know. I, I something about the book lost me. Like I got the magic system stuff out of it easy. Like I saw where they were memorizing the spells and stuff like that. I remember people getting shrunk around, chased around. It was, 
I didn't know what's going on half the time. They were like making ladies. It was weird. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm not saying anything bad about Jack Vance, but that book lost me. That's what I'm saying. Go not on. for you. Not, not for you. For I'll get you. So, well, look, I think we can say wherever that, I think you can probably say with old D&D, like what's the genre like? I think you could describe the genre of old D&D as maybe closer to classic fantasy. You have the races are basically humans, elves, dwarves, halflings, and maybe some half elves, which is still classic fantasy because Elrond is half elven. You can't get any more classic fantasy than Tolkien, right? Um, and the closest monster race is a half orc. And if you read a description of half orc with an adult perspective, it's a little Brit cringe in terms of the way, like, the fact that you exist is not all happy fluffy. It's very classic fantasy, classic D&D. Uh, the folks who look more or less like humans of different heights and with different ear shapes are basically the good guys. And for the most part, the monsters are monsters. The orcs are orcs and they're evil. You know, you don't need to moralize or deal with the consequences of the fact that you're going into the caves of chaos and killing the monsters who live there and taking their stuff. Uh, that's the sort of nature of the feel of the game. That doesn't mean you have to play it that way. Let's be very clear. But we're talking about just sort of the general genre of basic D&D. And it's, it, it feels more classic fantasy in that regard. There simply were less races. There simply were less monsters. And as you have less stuff, you feel more like the somewhat more classical, more limited fantasy, whether you're talking about classic Mallory or, or King Arthur stuff, whether you're talking about Lloyd Alexander or the, you know, the, the Tehran uh, Chronicles of Prydain or Ursula Andrus or whatever, it's more classic. So let me ask you, part of this genre conversation is not just to talk about genres, but talk about them in gaming. So what do you think in terms of classic D&D, right? What are the pros and cons? Like, forget about this. Forget about this modern stuff. Okay, okay. I remember in my day, we played classic. So let me ask you, what's good about adventuring in the classic D&D world? About, you know, what's the pros? And then are there any negatives for gaming in that space, the classic D&D world, as opposed to the modern? Well, here's the thing. When it comes to the classic D&D world, I don't know how much I can speak to that. There, I want to say that there's the OSR gaming, which is a, which is new to me. That's a newer style of game. When I played back in the day, it was not OSR style when we were playing AD and D, and we had things like when we discovered stuff like Planescape, we had tieflings in the game. I can name some tiefling character, long long lived tiefling characters from Second Edition AD and D. When we discovered half dragons. In that one book, and I can't remember the name of the stinking book for second edition. We also brought those in. So like the wide races, while they weren't in the core book, we were always looking for other things. And we were always throwing stuff in there that came from the other different realms and stuff like that. So how much of that is constructed now in retrospect? I mean, yeah, AD&D didn't have that many races but when second ed came out, there were other supplements and settings. You had like the mole. It wasn't that, I guess it's pronounced the mole and the three crane and stuff like that from dark sun. And we got into those, those races tended to be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? 
in a specific setting that it fit, as opposed to how it is now, where it seems to me from outside looking in, they're all just everywhere and everybody has an expectation that they're going to be everywhere. And it's that the D&D experience is very gonzo, very across the board, everything goes. And there isn't like a specific setting or feel to the world or like these are the beings that live in this world. You know what? You're right. And when I'm talking about classic D&D, I may be talking from old man perspective of like, you know, before second day. I'm probably talking, you know, it ending at first edition. Don't get me wrong. I think second ed still keeps this sort of uh, delineation between classic D&D and, like you're saying, Planescape or Dark Sun. Best setting ever! Sorry. Planescape <laughs> or Dark Sun has varieties that work within their specific settings. But interestingly, they stick within their sort of lanes because those differences support that particular game that it's designed to, you know, that particular flavor. And, and I would think you could certainly say Planescape is its own kind of genre. And I could talk real clearly about the pros and cons of gaming there and what it was designed to do. Because remember, it was designed to, to go up against White Wolf. So it was designed for a very specific kind of gaming. So when I'm talking about classic D&D in terms of its genre, I think I'm really talking about your old school you know, mold, fake, cook, basic, you're up, basically up to probably 1980, but, but maybe not farther. I don't remember when Second Ed came out. But probably- so Second Ed, I do remember exactly when Second Ed was coming out. And well, I remember exactly like, like memory wise when it came out. Um, I, I can't tell you what year, but it had to be either 87 or 89. Perfect. It was Perfect. the late 80s. It was around the time I was getting into role-playing games but I never played Dungeons and Dragons until 1993. It was the first time because I played sci-fi and superhero games, you know? So the genres of role-playing that I was used to playing were not fantasy. Didn't know a whole lot about fantasy. <laughs> well, so whether or not you've played it, obviously, you know, as a guy now who does a lot of RP and who has digs the hobby in up that, uh, you know, he decided to set up a microphone in his cave with <laughs> his swords about it not stop. <laughs> and talk about it, you know, on a podcast. Um, what's your gut in terms of like, what are your thoughts about like, let's call it classic, uh, um, classic fantasy. And, you know, what kind of games is that good for? Is that maybe none or, or maybe specific kind of game or kind of, what kind of gaming do you think works for it? You know, and what might be the downsides of it? So let's, let's put that question right there because we're going to come back and we're going to talk about uh, genres a little more. And let's start the next episode there because we're, we're about at time. That's not possible. <laughs> We've only been speaking for 11 minutes, seven minutes. Uh, I got 16 here. <laughs> <laughs> and, but after I edit, hopefully we can get it closer to the 15 mark. Fair enough. If you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, please give us a positive review. Tell your friends on social media, share it. And those of you that have, thank you so much. I've noticed and seen that out there. You can find us on Facebook, search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at Logar Crom. We're on Patreon. I want to thank all our patrons so much for their support. Patreon.com backslash Wobblies and Wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling.